Peace, party people, and welcome back to Where My Killer Tape at, episode 145. I know it's been a minute, a lot has happened. We're not going to get into that, but this is going to be a nice one, a banger for you. Um, I am going to do two reviews, one on HBO Max's Rap Shit, and one on The Woman King, directed by Gina Prince by the Wood. Um, we'll talk about capitalism real quick, you know what I mean? Um, and then we're going to talk about why I'm not going hard against the manosphere. You know what I mean? Good riddance to bad rubbish. And I bring back the health segment. Check it out. Tape at B. For episode 145 of Where My Killer Tape At, I'm sipping, and I know I keep going back to this joint, right? This wine um, that I get from Trader Joe's. It's a Syrah, and this one is from the original 2020 Washington State. The original, excuse me. Man, it's such a good wine. I've been gifting it to a lot of people, um, and I'm going to say this is it's one of those wines that you can drink while you're eating. I don't usually drink while I'm eating, but you can. Um, and it's just a good, like, a good, nice wine. It's not too sweet, not too bitter. It's just right, and the price is just so dope, man. Shout out to Trader Joe's once again. They're not paying for this. Can't front. I can't front. Um, content, right? Making up content. Um, there's, there's always this, when you start something like a podcast, and I should warn people about that, right? That should warn you that there's going to be this uh, tremendous pressure to continuously put out content. And and what, what I want to do is I want to put out content. I don't want to put out a response to what else is happening. Because that's not really, to me, that's not really content. You know what I mean? That's not really, to me, that's more reactionary. And when I, you know, so what happens is if I'm walking down the street and I get jumped, um, by some guys, and then and then I go, you know what I'm saying, train martial arts and come back and beat them. That's that's reactionary, right? Um, and I don't want to do that, even though that happens often, you know, because I'm a geek and I do reviews and stuff like that. But man, there's so much stuff out there that, and it's not like people are like DMing me or messaging me or emailing me or calling me or telling me you should do this. It, I mean, it happens, but not at a rate that's like overwhelming. You know, the people I do have homies that call me and say, hey, you should talk about this, you should talk about that. Um, and then, and, so, and I oblige them because sometimes those are things that I do want to talk about and I need to be reminded of it. But I know I talk to a lot of podcasters and they have that, you know, that pressure to consistently produce content. Um, and although I disagree with Yasin Bey on a lot of what he's saying, because I think the reason why this album is not really as, as, um, hitting as before, as impactful as before is for different reasons other than the fact that people don't like them. I, you know, but I, I will say I've seen him perform recently. And he did, I noticed that he did the songs that he wanted to do. Um, and I thought 
it, it bothered me as a fan, but then I get it because he's an artist and he produces content and he wants to produce content and perform that content. At, you know what I'm saying? On his own. Like he wants to do it. Like he wants to be the the, 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 the control of his destiny, right? I, and I know I'm using these big terms, right? So I kind of like want to be the same thing. I want to put out my content when I want to. At the same time, I understand that I promised people that listen to my content that I will be consistently producing it at a particular rate. And I haven't been doing that. And I could sit here and say, you know, I'm busy, which I am. And I've gotten more busier um, with work but and, and, and personal life. But it doesn't mean that I should have put out content. At the same time, I should recognize my limitations. That being said, I'm not, it's not that I'm trying to apologize. I should. But it's letting people know that a lot of times, and I'm guilty of it, I demand a lot of stuff from people that I follow, you know, uh, people that I look up to, people that I'm a fan of, and I shouldn't be that demanding, you know what I mean? Um, and I know we can easily say, oh, I'm a consumer, I pay for this and I pay for that. It's a difference of me going into a restaurant versus me and, and paying for food that I want versus me going to see an artist that I particularly like and supporting them because I can't expect them to produce content consistently. You know what I'm saying? So just want to put that out there. But there is a lot of content out there, um, so much so that I have to be very selective of what I watch and what I consume and what I read. Um, I can't get to everything. But, I, I you know, I'm going to get to the things that I like. But I want to produce content that I want to produce. And I think that's, that's I, I probably speak for any artist when I say that word. Let's talk about capitalism real quick. And yes, I'm, I want to talk about Jay-Z and what he said. I actually don't want to talk about what he said, but bruh, don't equate the N-word to capitalists. Don't, don't do that, right? Now, we live in an economic system. We live in capitalism, right? And, and there's a textbook definition of capitalism. And then there's a view of capitalism from a socialist perspective, right? And I want to talk about the latter, right? I want to talk about you know, how socialists view capitalism as a, as a socialist, right? Now, we, when, we, when we want socialism, we're not saying that we're going to get rid of money. No one is saying that. No one is saying you got to barter shit. No, no one is saying that, right? Um, now, what we're saying is a capitalist is someone who exploits labor. You know what I mean? So you can, we're not saying, that's the thing, we're not saying don't get money. Don't create businesses and don't hire people. We're not saying that. We, in, in, you know, especially in the United States of America, you know, racism, structural racism, forces a lot of us to um, and sexism to start our own business and 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 employ people in our community. I see it every fucking day. Every, all of us have family members who either have side hustles or start their own business. You know what I mean? From you know, making T-shirts, opening a barbershop or beauty salon, landscaping, um, um, you know, making soaps. Like, it's shit. We do that too here. You know what I mean? In our household. You know what I mean? So we all know someone who we support and have their own business, man. So so supporting black businesses in our DNA. So, you know what I mean? We all about, um, um, what is it called? We all about Ujima, Ujama, you know what I mean? We about that life. We always been about that life, you know what I mean? Even before Milana Karanga put those words together, right? So, um, and I apologize for forgetting that because I know I know my quantum principles be. Anyway, when we mean capitalists, we mean somebody who exploits labor, right? And I think the best example would be somebody like, 
um, um, Clive Davis, right, a record mogul, right, who exploited a lot of his artists, right, or Jeff Bezos. I know he's not the CEO of Amazon no more, um, or or Elon Musk. You know what I mean? Like these are people that don't actually create anything. They don't actually build anything. They don't invent anything. You know what I mean? They just know how to market it and how to squeeze it for every little bit of money that they can. You know what I'm saying? So so Jeff Bezos can fucking fly to, to outer space and shit while people in Amazon factories are peeing in boxes because they can't take bathroom breaks. You know what I mean? So number one, they exploit labor. They don't pay people a living wage. You know what I mean? Even though they make... You know, Nike, Nike pays people in factories around the world a dollar a day to make a fucking Air Jordan. You know what I mean? And they turn around and sell it to us for two fifty. So they know how to squeeze every fucking penny out of everybody. So they exploit their labor. That's the first thing that we, what a capitalist does, they exploit labor. At the same time, what they also do is they don't give the laborers who do the work. The people who do invent shit, the people who do create content, the people who do make the new kinds of styles of music, um, they don't let them share in the benefits of their labor. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, true indeed. Someone got to be in charge of shit. Somebody got to make decisions. We're going to use this form of material. We're going to use that. We're not going to use this factory. Yeah, somebody needs to, to make those decisions. Somebody should get compensated for those decisions. You know what I'm saying? But they're the ones that benefit the most from those decisions and the labor. Whereas the laborers don't get any fucking benefits. Shit, they don't even get fucking medical benefits, right? So like that's that's what we're saying. Now they exploit labor and then they don't let the people get the benefits, whether it's stock options or whatever. And I think that's what we're saying when we talk about, oh, this person is a capitalist. That's what we mean by that. So and I had this discussion because I remember my partner you know, she has her own business. And she was like, am I a capitalist? And I'm like, no, because you don't exploit labor. You don't You don't fucking take people and jerk them and shit. You pay people what they're worth. You know what I mean? And you make sure that those people share the benefits of the shit that y'all do together. You know what I mean? So again, we're not saying don't get your money. We're not saying that. We're not saying start your own business. We're not saying don't, don't fucking hire people in the community. We said just don't exploit the labor and make sure the people that are around you benefit from that shit. You know what I mean? Word is born. talk about rap shit um first of all shout out to Issa Rae she created it um she's one of the co-writers on it she has a gang of writers on it um and she has different directors on it so too much to go over um I enjoyed it I really did first of all like I love the fact that these episodes are like 27 29 minutes and they she packs just like she did with Insecure she packs so much into it it doesn't feel like 27, 29 minutes, but it doesn't feel like, it is, it's not like it's dragging, you know what I'm saying? It's not like it's like, oh, when is this thing going to be over? Um, and I wish that, um, I, I wish that more, more writers and TV shows were like this, where they give you just enough to keep you fiending, um, but not too much, but at the same time, there's character development, there's all the things you need to build up a show. Um, and really, quite honestly, I think Insecure really sets a standard. And she continues that standard with rap shit. But what I love about this show is... I'm going to get into it in a second. But anyway, 
It stars the gorgeous Ada Osmond. Oh my gosh, she plays Shauna. So the two main characters are Shauna and Mia. One is Ada Osmond, who was, who played Malika and and, and Rami. I, I I was like, she looked familiar. And then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, that's old girl. She just has she's just covered. Um, and then Chameleon, who who plays Mia, she's a she's a, a reality star show. I I, I miss it. I stopped watching hip hop, um, hip -hop, loving hip hop when they went to Miami. So I'm biased. So and then uh, Janika Booth, who I'm not familiar with. She plays chastity. Um, they, um, they, they, she brings back Issa Rae brings back Gene Ellie, who played her 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 brother in Insecure. He plays Stanley, who's the cousin of R.J. Siler, who plays Lamont. And then um, also Dominique Perry plays um, Mia's friend. Um, she was uh, I call her bank babe. My partner calls her bank hole, but I love her. I, I love her anyway. Um, and, and the energy she brings to the show is great. Anyway. Um, Sh Shauna is, uh, uh, she's, she's, uh, she works as a, uh, hotel, um, what they call those people? Concierge by day. And then she tries to get her rap on. She has a TikTok or Instagram where she's, she, she puts on a, 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 a Afro wig and she's like pro black, black power, hip hop conscious head. Um, Mia is a single mom who's in a relationship, uh, with, um, you know what? I take that back. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, um, RJ Siler Lamont, I take that back. RJ Siler is the baby daddy of Mia Lamont, and he was in um, The Heart of They Fall. He played the, the dude that was the, the, the gunslinger that got killed. I'm still mad about that. Spoiler alert, right? Um, and he plays the producer who's he's dope, he's like a dope up and coming producer. And then the person I wanted to talk about was Jabuki Young White, who plays Francois. Um, and he it was a, a producer. Anyway, I'm jumping around. I'm jumping around. I'm sorry. Um, so what happened is Shauna and Mia are hanging out because they're old friends from high school, and they do a song together. They put it on Instagram, and it's a hit. It gets all these hits. So uh, Chastity sees them and is like, hey, I want to manage y'all, and they, they start the ball rolling. So it's a really dope story, but I think what I love about it, and I, let me get into it in this segment, right? So here we go. And, and, and let me say this. It's a dope show. Please watch it. First of all, party people, if you're watching rap shit for it to be like insecure, you're gonna be in for disappointment. Instead of it being um, thirty somethings who are finding themselves through their career and love, what we're learning, where this is twenty somethings who are actually trying to find themselves, right? Um, and they're doing this through hip hop, right? So it's a totally different direction, totally different story, totally different city. It takes place in Miami, whereas. Uh, Insecure takes place in LA. So if you're trying to compare it, I, I, I really don't, I don't think that's fair at all. Um, um, and if you're expecting certain things that you saw on Insecure in rap shit, again, I, I don't think that's fair. Um, but rap shit stands on its own. And that's what I like. I like that. You could have told me, you could have not said that Issa Rae did this and I wouldn't have peeped that she did it. But if you told me she did it, I'd have been like, okay, it makes sense. I know that sounds weird. Anyway, what I love about rap shit, and I could tell that Issa Rae has been talking about this all the way back to Awkward Black Girl on YouTube, the difference between real hip-hop, quote-unquote, and not real hip-hop, or the difference between underground hip-hop and, and um, commercial hip-hop, right? And this, this, I was wondering why she called this show rap shit. 
um, because that debate shows up consistently here. So Shauna, and Shauna kind of has to kind of like compromise her integrity to do the kind of hip hop that she's doing now. So she's doing, I don't want to call it trap rap, but it's like booty girl rap. You know what I mean? I, you know, I take like like this. The first single they do is uh, is uh, seduce and scheme, and it's about taking guys for their money, right? Dope song, very good ditty. I'm feeling it. I love that Shauna can write, you know what I mean? And Mia does the hooks, and it's really dope, and I and I enjoyed it. It's a fun track, but it's really not what I'm into, right? If you go into my if you go into my iPhone and you pull up my music, it's not my cup of tea. I'm into Boom Bat, and you could tell that Shauna's character was into Boom Bat all this time, you know what I mean? And there's she questions she questions herself. What I like is that the guy that plays Francois was her producer slash manager from back in the day, you know, 10 years ago. And now he does commercial rap. Matter of fact, he has an artist who's white and she's like really big and famous. And Shauna looks at her as like a sellout. Um, and their debates that they have are really interesting because it's a personal argument, but it's couched in a debate of what are you doing with hip hop? And I really like it because it does that. So, you know, I like that they're using all the tropes of underground MCs and all the tropes of commercial rappers and all of that stuff. And I think it's real interesting. The second thing that I like is that, and this is not written for me, I still like it. A lot of the scenes are filmed through their iPhone. So if there's a scene with Shauna arguing with Mia, she'll record it on her iPhone. Or if Lamont is talking, he's talking through his iPhone and you can see the, the, the video actually set up like it's a phone. And I thought that's real interesting um, because that kind of telling of, you know, like I look at my children, I look at their friends, and they document a lot of this stuff on the iPhone. Um, and that's that generation that just do a lot of things on the iPhone. And it gets them in trouble, just like in real life. So I thought that was really, really, really dope. Um, the character development is, once again, just for these 27-minute, 29-minute episodes, um, how do you do it? Like, how do you just, how? Like, how do you do that? And you, I really, like, for example, like, I like Lamont's character, right? Because he's tr he's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to get back with Mia and be a father to his child. And he really cares about Mia. And you really see it, not in superficial terms, right? But more like, I want to be there for you. I want to be better. I'm trying to do better. And I think that's just so dope. So, man, I could go on and on about this show. Definitely check it out. Rap shit, word. Since the passing of one who shall not be named, a lot of people have been telling me to, yo, what do you think about the Manosphere? You should go hard on the Manosphere. You should go after them. And I'm like, first of all, I have to be, have full disclosure. I didn't know what the Manosphere was until after the passing of one who shall not be named. So that's the first thing I have to admit. And, and Honestly, I didn't know it existed. Like, I had no clue. And then after his passing, a lot of people were coming out saying, yeah, you know, I listen to so-and-so, I listen to this person, I listen to this YouTube, I listen to this influencer. And then um, I realized they were all part of this thing called the Manosphere. Somebody came out with an article. I can't remember where it was at. And um, which, which I'm not going to link the article because I kind of feel like 
when I went into the articles, that person had links to these different influencers who were considered part of the manosphere. And I went in there and I found all these different videos that I was like, bro, these cats is bugging. But at the same time, I kind of feel like that 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 article shed light on on um, these, you know, the manosphere. Like like, and what I mean by that is. I've read articles where they talked about different people that were harmful and they mentioned them here and there, but they didn't have like the links and shit, you know what I mean? So I had to do the extra effort of actually looking it up. Um, but really what I'm trying to say is that a lot of times when we talk about these people, you know what I'm saying? When we, when we, and then people like people on the opposition, when we're that well, cause I'm in the opposition, I'm in, the, I'm an op to the manosphere. I'm the opposition to them. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm diametrically opposed to them ideologically, politically, you know what I mean? Like directly opposed to them, them dudes, you know what I mean? And and and, and I mean, you know, y'all know, y'all know, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know, you ain't even got to ask, you ain't even, you be like, oh yeah, you definitely, you know what I mean? You're not those guys. But what I learned is that when you, when you talk about them and you bring up their name, you actually give them power. You actually look, you actually pick them up, you know what I mean? Because a lot of times what happens is a lot of our listeners They'll go, oh, you you make you, you say that person's name and they'll go tell and they'll go look it up. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, there are there are dudes that I know that listen to them. I didn't know to listen to them until, you know, I bought it up. I said, Oh, you know, the manosphere. Oh yeah, I listen to so and so, I listen to so and so. And I was like, I didn't even know. But a lot of my a lot of the dudes that I know that listen to them, they knew that if they brought them dudes up around me, I would have had something to say. You know what I mean? If they was like, yo, I saw this video where this guy said blah, 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 I'd have been like, yo, man, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, don't even mess with that. So, you know, that's one thing I will say, and that kind of that article kind of does that. So even when we when we even when we, we talk about them, whether we talk about them on a on any platform or we bring it up in conversation, we give them power. And and in and in some instances, too many instances, we give them clicks. You know what I'm saying? So I want to bring that up first. Back in the day when I was in the military, right? And I was a young, I was a young Turk, you know what I mean? I was a young lion. I was a young thundercat, you know what I mean? And like, you know, we would go out on these cruises and we would be working 12 hour, 12 hour shifts. So daytime you went 12 hours or nighttime you went 12 hours. And there was times when people would, would come and wake me up out of my rack and be like, yo, this white cat on the mess deck said this or this this person said that Jesus wasn't black or whatever, whatever. And they'll wake me up and I'll run down there and I would bomb them with facts and I would fucking destroy them allegedly, right? And everybody would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember like I used to drop jewels and like entire benches of, of people that disagree with me would get up and walk away or get mad or, 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 or cuss me out or whatever. And everybody would clown them and they laugh and they, ah, you got them. And they would pat me on the back and they'd be like, yo, you got them, son. You got them, son. And I would, you know, I would go back to my rack and be like, you know, rack is where we slept at. And I'd be like, yeah, I bombed that fucking devil or whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? But as I got older um, and as I got a little bit wiser and as I got to really know people, I learned that um, when somebody is somebody is on that shit hard and they believe in something, there's really nothing you can do um, to convince them that they wrong. 
You know what I mean? It's kind of like you run into people that are just like assholes. You'd be like, yo, they just need to get the ass beat. But let me tell you something. I've seen it happen. They're going to get, you can go in there with their ass, but they ain't going to change how they feel. You know what I'm saying? So like, I have yet to see a white dude come to me and say, I used to say the N-word until this cat whipped my ass and now I don't say the N-word. If anything, when they say the N-word and you whip their ass, they double down on that shit. They just learn not to fucking say the N-word around black people. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, I could, I could go on. Shout out to FD Signify. He talks about this all the time, right? Right? I could go on or I could bring them onto my platform and try to debate them. And I could give them all the facts in the world. I could give them, you know, um, video footage, you know what I mean? Proof, motherfucking. I could have Jesus Christ come downstairs and be like, yo, you wrong, bruh. And guess what? They're going to double down on what they believe in. You know what I mean? Shout out to Jon Stewart because, and, 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 you know, and also, um, what's homeboy's name from The Daily Show? I remember his name. Anyway, for decades, these cats will bring, you know, Republicans and right-wingers and all these cats onto their show and then, like, try to, like, convince them that they want. Like, they, I don't even want to say convince them. They really try to, like, let me, let me, let me hit, get the moral high ground and let me try to convince them that they wrong. And the person on the other side just double downs, no matter whom or what they say. And you could bomb them with all kinds of, quote, unquote, bomb them with all kinds of facts. You could say this, that, whom or what, and it's not going to change them. You know what I mean? I will say that it, it makes good for, for good TV and it makes for good ratings and, and great clickbait when you debate these motherfuckers and make them look like assholes. FD Signifier talks about this consistently, but it's not going to change their mind. You know what I mean? Like me going after the manosphere and going hard on them is not going to do that. It really, really, really is not. But I do have a solution. A couple of them actually. Lord, the first step, the first solution, it's going to take a little bit longer than we expect, right? Talk about 15 to 20 years, right? Frederick Douglass said it best. He said it's better to raise good men than to fix broken ones. You know what I mean? So you got to raise the babies right. You got to raise your sons to not be misogynistic motherfuckers. That's really bottom line what we the first thing we got to do. Easier said than done because I know a lot of us as parents, we got to deprogram ourselves. You know what I mean? So, but that's that's one step, right? Another thing is uh, mentoring young men. Like we really got to be about that life. You got to mentor young men. And, I, and I'm thankful that I that I find myself in spaces with a lot of younger men. I mean, I'm going to be 50 next year. A lot of younger men in their 30s and their late 20s come to me for advice um, on a lot of topics. And they have a lot of questions and they feel safe enough to admit some of the misogynistic ideas that they have. And I'm able to kind of like help them fix that. Because I can't fix it for them. They got to do it. And I think we got to, we really, really, really have to do that. You know what I mean? We really have to mentor. And then... Another thing we got to do is, and shout out, because with my old job, we used to say we have to um, uh, model, mentor, and monitor. You know what I mean? So we, you know, we also have to model that behavior. We really have to, I say this all the time, we really have to embody what we preach. You know what I mean? We can't just say, hey, um, 
take your vitamins and we don't take our vitamins. You know what I mean? I don't take vitamins, but that's why I don't give people that kind of advice because I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? But if I did, you know, if I gave you that advice, I'll be someone who'll be taking my vitamins. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we really have to embody that, right? And I will say this. Um, the, the, the problem is not really the dudes that are out there in the manosphere that are putting out this content. That's not really the problem. You're going to always have them kind of dudes. You're going to always have demagogues. You're going to always have conservatives, Nazis. You're going to always have them. You know what I mean? What we got to figure out is how to prevent their people to people from becoming their followers. You know what I mean? Because these guys have content, but their platform is only increased by the followers that they have. And I think that we ha this is what we have to monitor, right? Because it's real easy to see how people could fall into the manosphere. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the manosphere is, is, is coded in this idea that we really are here to help you. You know what I mean? And a lot of men are hurting and they want to go places where they feel like they can heal. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times we go places where there really isn't any healing and there's more blaming, right? Because it's easier to blame somebody else for how we feel, or how we think, or what's going on in our lives. Let's actually figure out how to fix it ourselves. You know what I'm saying? I mean, really, I know I use Nazism a lot, right? Hitler used the Jews as a scapegoat for all the problems that the, the Germans were having. You know what I mean? And it's easy to believe that something outside is causing that versus then actually trying to fix a situation that's around you or in a collective manner. You know what I mean? So they, so they, so what ends up happening is you look for community. And that community, you know, when I talk about Nazis, that's a very harmful one. You know what I mean? So that means that we have to create communities that are actually helpful and actually help us heal each other and help us help each other. And then the dope part is that community kind of convinces that follower that it's it's an, it's an incentive for them to help help us heal other people. You know what I'm saying? So that's how that's actually going to work. But me coming after motherfuckers and bombing them, that shit isn't going to help. You know what I mean? Or I hate the fact that I came to this so late in the game. And that's journaling, right? For this health segment, we talk about journaling. I know I brought it up before, um, but gosh, it is so dope. Um, and at this rate right now, I actually have three, three um, um, journals. One for my professional, you know, my job, right? I have a personal one, and then I have one about sex and sex and my sexuality and me exploring my, you know, sex and all of that stuff and finding things out about my body. So it's been super healthy, especially when I go back and read. Um, so it's really dope. It's really dope, and I go through my old journals and stuff. So I've been doing it now three years because I started right before the pandemic, and I've been doing it, and it's just consistently. So it's really dope. So, man, I, I really enjoy it. I don't even know why I didn't think about doing it for my professional life because there's just so much, so many doubts that I have about what I do. But it's just been dope. Um, I also do, um, I do one for my children. Um, actually, I did one for my daughter. She could take back with her to college. And I'm going to start doing another one for my youngest. Um, but, yeah, it's been, like, really, really dope. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I can't recommend it much, especially for the brothers. Please, please, please journal collect your thoughts in one place um man um just what i will say is just be careful don't lose it people say oh they do it electronically i i don't know i just i'm i'm old school you know i'm 49 and be 50 i don't know i just don't feel right typing it into something i like having it tangible and available 
at all times. So um, yeah, definitely it's a good idea. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask me about where to start. And sometimes I just write. Sometimes I just go in there and write not about anything in particular. And then there's some days when I do write about something in particular. So definitely get on that. Peace. Let's talk about the woman king, man. First thing I got to do is I got to shout out, shout out Gina Prince by the wood. Um, because, man, she did her thing in Old Guard. She directed Old Guard on Netflix. I've seen it twice. Go back to watch it. Um, and that's based on an image comic books by the same name. She did a great movie adaptation on it. The fight scenes were just fucking amazing. Um, so I'm glad that she ended up doing Woman King because she was able to get some of those same kind of like the choreography into this, uh, movie Woman King. Woman King is based on, um, the Okosi, which was a warrior group that protected the king in the Dahomey kingdom in West Africa, which is located now, it was called Togo and Benin. Um, and you know, King, King Gezo played by John Boyega, who does this fucking thing. Oh my God. His skin is immaculate in this shit. Um, he's actually, King Gezo was an actual real person. Um, anyway, Viola Davis stars as she plays General Naniska. Um, and then, um, she has two kind of like lieutenants play one played by Lashana Lynch, whose name is Igosi. Um, Lashana Lynch was in, is in the MCU. She plays Monica Rambeau's mother in Captain Marvel. She actually plays a variant of Captain Marvel in the new Doctor Strange movie, right? Uh, Multiverse of Madness. And Sheila Atim, who's also in the Multiverse of Madness, that was a love interest to Wong, plays a Mensa, who's also a lieutenant. And she's like, Naniska's like, they came up together. So that's like, they, she's, that's like her homie. That's like her confidant. And they have newcomer Thusa and Bedu, who plays Nawi, who's a new young recruit. Um, who comes up in the ranks. Um, I'm going to try to not use too many spoilers in this. Um, Jimmy Odukuya, he plays uh, General Oba Ajay, who's like a villain. And then Shani West is in here. Shout out to her. She's known as Samu Ryder, and she plays Essie. She has a dope scene in this. Anyway, um, first of all, I want to talk about the, a lot of the criticisms that people had of this movie, um, especially two in particular. Uh, one is how people were saying that they ignored the fact that the homie was really involved in the, in the slave trade. And yes, they became very rich because of the slave trade. The movie does not avoid this. The movie In the movie, there's several conversations where they talk about how the homie got their wealth, that, that, that they really, their wealth came in due part to their part in the slave trade. And they actually were trading directly to the Europeans um, and particularly in this case with Brazilians, right? So I think, and, and let me just say this, in almost every other conversation, I, I'm going to say every other conversation in this movie, there's a discussion about whether the Dahomey kingdom should continue to work in the slave trade or not. Um, I'm, and every character here, with the exception of one character that I can think of, all of them had a story of their connection to the slave trade. All of them were affected by the slave trade. They had a family member or they knew something or they were a part of something. Everyone in here was affected by the slave trade. It was literally central to the discussion. Matter of fact, some of the, the cast members actually ended up being shackled in chains and were, you know what I'm saying, by slave traders. So I don't know where people get this idea that 
the discussion of the slave trade is not in the movie. I just, I don't know what movie they saw, but they did not see The Woman King. Second critique is one that I heard from a lot of misogynists, a lot of people in the manosphere. Um, yeah, even I saw this. They were saying, oh, they're really trying to emasculate men by making it the woman king. And I'm like, what movie were you fucking watching, right? Um, in the movie, King Gezo is really trying to go back to the past. And, and, and it's not a prophecy. It's just he tries to, to respect these gods um, called, they're called Ibeji, right? And Ibeji means twins in the Yoruba language, right? Um, um, and, and they reference a lot of the Yoruba gods in, in this movie, which a lot of people somehow miss. Anyway, Ibeji are twins, one male and one female. And they, and they, and they believe that the Homi kingdom was founded by, um, by the Ibeji, by, you know, a, a, a male and a female twins. And they were both monarchs not in the sense of, because a lot of times for people to be queens, they have to be married to a king. So they're saying that no, these are is a is a male and female, um, you know, monarchs who are not married. So in essence, the woman king, right? So um, there, he's King Gezo is trying to fulfill. I mean, it's not again, it's not a prophecy. He's trying to fulfill a tradition that goes all the way back to the beginning of the homie kingdom, where there's supposed to be a male and a female king. That's what that is, which I think is dope. Um, I think it's dope, meaning that no one needs to be married to anybody or related. It's just that's how it should be. So there's balance. You know what I mean? And I think that's really dope that they approached it from that perspective because oftentimes in traditions that were around before European colonialism, a lot of places had had binary, had, were non-binary, you know what I'm saying? Or they had gender neutral concepts or titles. And um, I think I think that was really dope for them to slide that in there because it is true. It really, really is true. So again, um, we once, okay, we're done with the critiques, right? But I love that you know there wasn't a lot of action, um, which I don't have an issue with because I feel like if you got Viola Davis, you got John Boyega, you got all these actors that are just fucking amazing. You should utilize them. You should really utilize them, and. Um, Viola Davis is just a fucking tour de force in this. She really is. Newcomer Dusa and Bedu. I don't know where they get this girl from, but she is amazing. I hope to see her in other things. Um, you know, man, just the 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 conflict between her and Viola Davis was just, oh my God, there were times when you wanted to smack this kid, right? But it just helps build up the tension. Like it's really like, wow, you know? Um I like John Boyega and his interaction with his wives. Um, Lashana Lynch, to me, stole the show as he goes. Like, really, like, I really took a liking to her character. Like, I really, really did. Um, and she's probably the one that stood out to me the most. Again, Viola Davis fucking killed this role and she does in other roles. Like, God, what can she not do? But Lashana Lynch really took it for me. Um, the fight scenes that were there, they were really good. Very realistic. Right, they weren't like over. It wasn't like one person fighting thirty thousand motherfuckers, right? Um, I really liked how the um, Agozi used their wits to fight. Like they really were smart at fighting, and they always thought of different things. But I also liked the fact that they were strong and they were tough, and 
they didn't sneak up on you. It was like, hey, we coming, bro. We ready to fight. And I thought that was really dope. Um, overall, the movie's good. I'm going to go see it again. Highly recommended. Um, and it's not as bloody. I thought it was going to be bloody like like 300, but it wasn't as bloody as 300. I thought they, they really toned down the gratuitous violence. So, again, Gina Prince Bollywood did her thing. Highly recommended. Fuck the critics. Fuck the naysayers. Go see it. shout outs man first person i want to shout out is to barbara woke dave who keeps me and my my family fresh with the cuts word is bomb man love you brother um also shout out to my middle son zumbi he had his first solo art show he's done many art shows before but this was his first solo joint he did really good stuff is still up um i'm gonna send a link i'm gonna put a link in the show notes in case you're interested in buying his stuff um but yeah definitely check him out um, and definitely got a shout out to the big homie Zemo who just had another born day. Uh, man, I missed it. I apologize for that. And then also got a shout out my partner, 22 years of holy matrimony, man. Word is born. I love you. And yo, we're going to take over the world. Peace. Thank you once again for listening to yet another episode of Where My Killer Tape At. I really appreciate y'all. Um, if you want to book me for anything, um, a discussion, to be on your podcast, to do a workshop, uh, let me know. Um, you can just go to my website, omisbench, omisbench.com, and you find all my contact information there. If you want to continue the discussion online on Instagram or Twitter, you can always use the hashtag Where My Killer Tape At, killer spelled K-I-L-L-A. Um, and if you just want to holler at me, um, you can check me on my Twitters at DanTrezOmi, D-A-N-T-R-E-S-O-M-I. Also, um, we have an official Twitter for the show, um, which is um, Omi's Podcast, O-M-I-S Podcast. Um, and you can definitely hit me up there if you want. Again, I appreciate y'all. Um, in my link, you can also buy a coffee mug, right? That promote that helps uh, take care of the show because we definitely, I definitely need the money. So once again, be safe. I'm going to check y'all out the next episode. Word.